It is 8.05. Here's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. An Atlantic Division team has loaded up for the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that team is the Florida Panthers. In a busy Saturday for the division leaders, GM Dale Talon added forwards Yuri Hoodler, Teddy Purcell, and defenseman Jakub Kindle in three separate trades. Hoodler had 31 goals a season ago for the Flames. Purcell had a 24-goal season back in 2012, and Kindle is not very good. Bruins, meanwhile, continue to have discussions with Louis Erickson's camp about a possible contract extension ahead of tomorrow's trade deadline. According to our friend Elliot Friedman, Hockey Night in Canada, the Kings, Ducks, Wild, Stars, Blues, and Lightning have all contacted Don Sweeney about a possible trade for Erickson. The Bruins will play their final game before the deadline when they host the Bolts at TD Garden today at 6.30. The Lightning and Bruins both have 74 points in the season and sit second and third in the Atlantic, respectively. Panthers are in action against the Wild, but with a Panthers loss, the winner of today's Bees Lightning game will trail Florida by just two points. Basketball, the Celtics defeat the Heat Saturday at the Garden. They'll host the Jazz on Monday. Weather, it is 39 degrees. The high of today will be somewhere around 55 Sunday skate continues next. It's Deej, and that's what's trending now on WEI.com. Lace him up, because it's time for the Sunday skate. This is the Sunday skate on Sports Radio WEI. A comprehensive look at the bees from deep inside the organization to the ice and beyond. Brought to you by your Boston area Mercedes-Benz dealers, AT&T, Wise Snacks, and Star Market. Now, let's get it going with ESPN's Joe McDonald, Pete Blackburn, and WEEI.com's DJ Bean. Bippity boppity Bob McKenzie. Just breaking it down. <laughs> I'm the only No one else here is laughing at that. I just feel uncomfortable yeah, no one with, funny. These, with these Bob McKenzie-isms. I just think it's so funny. I love running a joke into the ground, especially when it wasn't funny to begin with. Uh, Sunday skate, hour number two. The second hour is the second best hour, but you can help improve that by calling in 617-779-7937. Pretty much the entire first hour was Louis Erickson, Hmm? which is how my days go. The first hour of my day and the rest of every hour of my day is pretty much Louis Erickson. Except when I'm recording Brunch with Pete. You can check that out on SoundCloud or on iTunes. This week's episode was a tearjerker, a serious episode. So if you want to go listen to that, that's great. Uh, that was actually a lot of hits for that one, too. Surprisingly. Yeah. yeah I, I think, think it's it. because it's the first time we've actually put out an episode and been like, hey, this meant something to us. True. Normally, we're like, we swear to God, this is good. And usually, it's not good. <laughs> well, Darren People Rovell. can see right through it. Was it? The Darren Rovell one popped. Was yeah. Big hitter. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so check out Brunch. Check out uh, the post-game podcasts on WEI.com. I'm just going to pimp everything that I do right now. Uh, you can check out Sports Sunday tonight. I'll be on there on television. Um, and, uh, yeah. Are you done? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Somebody in the chat I'm said. I'm also kind of handsome. Uh, <laughs> Somebody in the chat said uh, the crop of UFA defensemen this summer is hideous, um, which, you know, which was is a the, correct a thing. Correct, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, that's what I was saying, is that you're going to need to find help on defense. Somehow. Yeah. And so if you don't trade Louis Erickson, what are you going to trade to get defensive help? You got two first-round picks this year. You got But you can have more first-round picks. You can. And I again, if you can get the pieces and you're capable of cashing those pieces in, I haven't made this point yet today. I made it yesterday with, uh, with Butch and Tomasi. 
that's fu- if you trade Louis Erickson and you get another first round pick and you get a say a future third or something like that, that's good. Okay, fine. You have all these pieces and you've got the the chips to potentially use for a young defenseman. Effing use them. You it can't you can't have a repeat of last year because here's the thing, the Bruins tried to do this last year where they said, "Okay, we're going to load up on picks and we're going to cash them in for something big." What happened? Couldn't get Hannafin, couldn't get Provorov, couldn't get Wierenski. Mm-hmm. Suddenly they're on the clock. They spend all three picks. Now, those picks could end up being good. Maybe one, two, or three of those guys hit. But their intention was not to spend all three of those picks. So as long as – if you get the assets, I'm fine with it as long as you don't eat the assets. You can't keep going the futures route. If the Bruins are trying to do this sort of soft rebuild thing, spending – three more first-round picks this year doesn't get you there. You need to trade these picks. I'd be okay with the Bruins. Say the Bruins keep Erickson. I'd be fine with them not picking in the first round this year if they trade two of those first-round picks for a stud defenseman. If it's if it's Dumba, if it's uh, Brodeen, if it's Truba, if it's Shattenkirk, and maybe the Bruins have a preference between all those guys. If it's Vatanen, as long as... They get the guy that they believe in, and he's a legitimate top four guy. I mean, it's funny. We used to never worry about top four guys. We talked about top four guys like they grew on trees. A, because playing a guy next to Zidane Ochara turned him into a top four guy. And B, because you had these, you had Dennis Seidenberg, who you, you could just get Dan, Dennis Seidenberg for a fifth-round pick. Like, you can get him for Byron Bits a fifth-round pick. And also, you get Matt Bartkowski, who for a time you're using as a top four defenseman. You can just get... Johnny Boychuk, who is a, a guy in his mid-20s who had never done anything at the NHL level, and he turns into a top-four defenseman. That's not happening anymore. You actually have to go out and you have to spend a lot now for a top-four defenseman. Do you have the the ammo to do it now? Yes. But does Eric, trading Erickson give you more? Yes. You just have to be able to, to cash in, though. We've talked about trading Tory Krug today. Why has nobody talked about the possibility of trading Dennis Seidenberg? Because, because I don't think Dennis Seidenberg gets you as much. I think that it's probably harder to trade Dennis Seidenberg because he's not quite what he once was. So I, think I agree, but true. he's also he's also locked up for what three more years? Two more years after this, four million dollars a year cap. It's not terrible if if you're treating him as a top four defenseman. It's not terrible. I think that right now is he probably better served as a third pairing defenseman. Well, let's, yeah, but who other than Chara on the Bruins isn't? If Chris Russell's the apple of everybody's eye, maybe you're right, Pete. Maybe you could get more for Seidenberg than you think. You know, yeah. he's, he's better than Chris Russell. There are a lot of teams that are in the market for a, for a short-term guy, and he is one. But what do you think Russell yields? I mean, uh, I haven't talked to, to anyone connected with that, so I don't I mean, know. Roman Polak got a second, basically. So yeah. I guess oh, well, That's a, why I would trade Kevin Miller, by the way. If Polak absolutely. gets a second, if Mike Weber goes for a third— do you know how much better Kevin Miller is than Mike Weber? And I know that everyone jokes, oh, Kevin Miller sucks. He's the worst. We're all in agreement. He's a fine sixth defenseman, but he's really got to be your sixth defenseman. Yeah. He's not your. He's not a top four guy, and if you play him there, then he gets exposed. He probably shouldn't be playing every night. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, the one guy in the UFA market next year that jumps out is Keith Yandel because he's from the area. I don't know if they would consider no, that. No, I, 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 the, the Boston has an absolute obsession, obsession with Keith Yandel for some reason. I don't get it. And I, I Do mean, you really not it, know why? It, well, no, they don't have an obsession with Brian Boyle and all these other guys. <laughs> right. So, That's true. They I, do have five guys in the pipeline that are somewhat close. I mean, 
O'Gara and Grizzlick. You can't have local. Yandel and Krug and Colin Miller. Because Yandel's too much of a liability on Morrow. defense. Like you, you He's need, a good offensive You need defenseman. good defensemen. You need, and I, again, I, I like Krug, but you can't have a thousand of those guys. Okay, but as you said, they had all these picks they used last year. Zaboro was a first-round pick. He's in the Quebec League. It looks like he's a pretty good Maybe. prospect. 18. Lazon. Lazon. So, from what I hear, Carlo. Lazon's closer. Carlo. From what I hear right now, Lazon's closer and could end up being a better prospect okay. than, than uh, Zaboro. So what about I mean, Carlo? Carlo Carlo's, great. Carlo's okay. A big guy. He's uh, in the Western Hockey League. Yep, 6'5". Limited upside, but if he's, a, if he's a better version of Adam McQuaid, then... Giddy up. That's a good second-round pick. So if you have these five defense prospects who are close, probably next year to three years. Arneson's still there, too. Don't and forget Arneson. that. Okay. But plus, even, plus Krug. Plus but, maybe you sign Yandel. But them being close, like, that's just to getting to the NHL level. Once defensemen get to the NHL level, yeah, it still takes them two, games. three, four yeah, years right. for them to be to be good. And you don't want— now, People were saying before you, Dougie signed his last contract, oh, we don't know what he is yet. You well, know? I agree, but here's my point. If you're going to get for Louie, what, a, at best, the first and a third? You already have these tickets that you're trying to punch. Oh, no, I agree. You, if you trade Louie and you get assets as in, in the way of draft picks, you need to trade those picks yes. and get somebody now. Yeah, I'm with you on that because you have But right picks. now they, they have—I mean, it's a short sample size, but or it's a small sample size, but they haven't demonstrated an ability to do that. They, they've demonstrated an ability to trade someone the for willing, picks. The willingness can, to get the assets, yeah. they just haven't shown the other side of flipping to them. Cash, right, yeah, exactly. They'd, they'd be the—they're the team that, that buys the, the old beat-up house and then just gets stuck with it. It would be like in season— Four of Friday Night Lights when uh, they buy the house, they buy Buddy Garrity's house, and they try to fix it up. Yeah. And it'd be like if Jason, if they don't have Jason Street there to kind of whip them into shape. They just drink beers inside the house. That was a good season. <laughs> there wasn't a bad season of Friday Night Lights. Season uh, two. Ah, uh, yeah, too, a little more murder than should be involved. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about defensemen uh, that the Bruins could potentially go after in free agency or via trade. Here's one name we haven't mentioned yet. And uh, he was brought up by either a texter or someone in the chat. Uh, Dan Hamhuse. Mm-hmm. He's a UFA to be. Stable as a table. Good. Top, On the older side. Older. Good top four guy, though. Could potentially uh, play on a top pairing. Is Hamhuse is a lefty, right? I believe he is. Yeah. He's, uh, he's from Vancouver. There's this great speculation he's going to re-sign with him next year anyway. Right, that he's gonna vermet, as it's yeah, yeah. Um, that's a verb to, to vermet. If, if you traded for him with the agreement that you would sign, is that what you're kind of getting at? Hey, you we'll make the deal. I don't need to sign him. No, if if rental Hughes? Yeah, if if there if it depends what you give up for him. If but... there's a rental that I'm trying to do, I mean, so this is what the aforementioned person. I forget whether it was in the the chat or the or the text line or whatever, but they suggested. Would you give up Alexander Koklachev and a second-round pick for Dan Hughes? Now, if you're renting for the sake of this team, a second-round pick is a lot to give up. But I just think looking at Koklachev, the way that things have worked out to this point, he's clearly good at hockey based on what he's done at the good AHL. Good at the AHL at hockey. Anyway, yeah. And there's still enough promise there that you could probably get something for him. Right. Hasn't shown at the NHL level. Hasn't done squat with the Bruins to this point. Now, there's a cautionary tale there with Ryan Spooner. You say, you almost traded that guy when he hasn't hadn't really shown anything yet, and you end up keeping him 
against your own will, and he ends up being a very, very good player. So would you want to make that mistake with uh, with potentially moving Alexander Kokolchev? I don't I'm think I'm telling tales out of school when I say I don't think Kokolchev wants to be here past this season. He's an RFA at the end of the season. He's unhappy with how he hasn't been given a the chance that he feels he deserves at the NHL level. I'm sure the Bruins don't love hearing a player say stuff like that, and Kukulchev did say that before the season. He was pissed. The question to him was, like, are you looking forward to this season? It wasn't It wasn't any sort of fiery question. So, okay, but he's an asset, and you would be giving it for a rental. This is the whole soft rebuild asset management thing that drives me nuts. So if you're going to trade Louie, and then most of the stuff you would get back for him, you would give up to get Ham in a rental deal. Well, you wouldn't be giving up most of the stuff yeah, that you no, would get for him. You'd give up a second up. and a prospect. What are you going to get back for for Louie, a first and a prospect? Yeah, so, you should, at least. So, 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 so you're so saying it's a marginal difference. It goes difference back out between, the door yeah. for a rental defenseman. Uh, like you guys first said, uh, if you're going to trade some of the picks for a term defenseman, yes, uh, I can understand that. That makes a lot of sense. They need one of those. Yeah. A younger guy that's going to be here four or five years. But I don't know. The Ham, the Ham I think Hamus, if you add a Hamus, you're a much better team. Of course. Even if, even if you're without Louis Erickson. For this year, though, you, but you'd be willing to – Give up again a chunk of the return from Louis to be a little bit better for the stretch. That's why I, people don't want my keep Louis, just ride him out, go for it. But if you but look then, at it, if you look at it in the sense that you're trading Louis, who isn't, if you don't think he's going to be here next year, you're trading Louis for a guy who makes you better this year, who you're not keeping anyway, and you get, you're likely going to get an additional bonus or whatever because you're going to get more for Louis than you trade for Hamus. So you get more and you upgrade for the remainder of the season. Well, here's a question. If you trade Louis, mm. uh, and I'm already disagreeing with this, but I'm going to still put it out there. If you trade Louis, you go out and get Hamus, say you give up Kokochev and something else, and he's 33 years old. He's uh, He turned 33 in December, so he'll still be 33 at the start of next season. He'll turn 34 midway through it. Would you then try to sign him to a short deal knowing that you've got oodles of cap space and you can afford it anyway? The issue then becomes, great, now you've got both Dennis Seidenberg and Dan Hamhuis in their mid-30s right. making between them a lot of money. Uh, I don't, I don't so, get the Hamhuis thing. Uh, and also, I don't, I don't want to keep devoting cap space, or not cap space, uh, roster spots in your uh, group of six defensemen Two older guys, if you're trying to figure out, is Morrow good? Is Colin Miller good? Is Zach Trotman good? Because uh, we've discussed this on previous shows, they haven't really learned yet what they have in these defensemen, right? Well, there's also a risk in bringing a guy in at the deadline and him not meshing right away, especially in this system. I, I think that's a big yeah. advantage with keeping Louie. If, he, if and he's that, your that's quote, failed unquote, before rental, with defensemen. I mean, absolutely. Uh, what's uh, Thomas Caberle struggled? Uh, who's the uh, the the Slovakian guy who is an absolute stiff. Uh, they got him from Philadelphia, and oh, um, he was super yeah, out of shape. M, um, Andre Mazaros. Mazaros. Yeah. So, yeah. so he was a stiff. So you kind of third. You kind of yeah. write that off. Uh, Greg Zanin didn't get it when he came. So that's a good point. That when you bring in a defense, I mean, hell, we see how long it takes young defensemen to kind of grasp <clears throat> grasp Claude Julian system. It's tough for veterans, too. That's that's a, a very good point. Really, the only defenseman who they have brought in via trade midway through the season and has just totally hit the ground running, Dennis Seidenberg. Seidenberg yeah, yeah, that's probably it. But, um, 
Yeah, I would go after Dan Hamus. If you're trying to win the season, which let's let's not kid ourselves. The Bruins are trying to, regardless of what they do with Erickson, they well, want to make the playoffs. That. Well, they want to make the playoffs, but if you trade Louis, that's more to the hard rebuild to me. That that gets away from the soft rebuilding on the fly. You're, you're one and done. If you get rid if you, of Erickson, if you, get rid of Erickson. If you have Hamus? Absolutely. Uh, I'm not sure about that. And... I I know I, I lean towards agreeing with that because uh, now the Krejci lines are your mess. lines you're right yeah exactly your your lines are thrown so so out of whack by doing that I shouldn't say a mess I I, I don't know I just th- considering what Jim Benning's done in Vancouver it might not take a lot to get to him <laughs> right. so well that's true it might yeah, be worth kicking the tires on that one Kevin Miller in a fifth round pick yeah by the way would you play Seidenberg tonight not Seidenberg sorry uh, Louis tonight if you're considering this in the next that's a good question hours. yes. Here's a Blame. side note. I'm going to back up and yell this for because this is something that a lot of people have said about Erickson. Louis Erickson is not injury prone. <laughs> there is no, there is nothing other than concussions two years ago to suggest that he's injury prone. And I know that concussions are a huge, huge thing, and you always have to look out for them, but. He's no more injury prone than Patrice Bergeron is injury prone. And there, agree, are, but... there are guys who play con- more concussion prone too. Yeah. When you consider that, uh, right? Yeah, Louis's not playing a concussion. That's a good point. No, he got concussed because of John Scott. Right? Like he, yeah, he got. <laughs> well, they're playing a division rival, though. You know, would Tampa do? You know, you can see a Victor Hedman elbow. If we just... can't, yeah. So, 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 <laughs> yeah. so, so, so let's Iserman, take out their asset. Eiserman makes his, and I promise his this will be the extent pitch. of our concussion humor, but Eiserman makes his biggest push today. Sweeney says no, and he goes, all right, fine. If we can't get him, nobody can. Again, I very you deeply take out apologize Stamkos. for that concussion humor. Um, what's that? You could take out Stamkos, ruin their asset, you know, their well, he's not going I, I think anywhere Stamkos anyway. already ruined their asset yeah. by, I, I don't know what precipitated them declaring that they're not going to trade him. My guess is that Stamkos maybe tells them I'm not going to approve any trade. Maybe that could have led to, to yeah. it. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, on the, the Ham Hughes thing, I wouldn't mind adding him if he's cheap. And say you don't move Erickson. Say you hold on to Erickson. But he won't be cheap. Right again. If Ham Roman Hughes? Pollock's getting a second, Hamus is going to get. That's true. A pretty good return. Uh, is Pollock? Yeah, Pollock's a uh, UFA, he's a right? UFA, yeah, right. And he's so meh for me. Yeah, I mean, there's just there are not many defensemen out Third there. Third pairing guy. I mean, Shattenkirk, I was interested in, but I again, I don't think St. Louis. I is think they do that do in the that. summer if they do it at all. Right, unless you give him a nice forward piece for the long term, and I don't think Louis would cut it. What if you gave them Louis and Jimmy Hayes? Oh, absolutely. I would do that. Yeah? But I don't think they would take that. Me neither. I wonder what Hayes' stock is throughout the league. <sighs> he had a tough start. I mean, I guess he's put up goals kind of 13 that's or 14 the, well, here the kind of quietly. The, the numbers are there, and I know that is, – is he the most consistent player in the world? No. Again, for me, he's a, top, he's a bottom six guy. He's not in that d- discussion of if Louie goes, where do you play certain guys? Right. Um, like, I'd rather see uh, Frank Vetrano be on the left wing of the Krejci line, which is probably what would happen if they— uh, Not Bolesky bumps up, Vetrano would just slot right in there? Yeah, you, you could yeah. Be right. b- but then, you, then you're looking at—I mean, what's that third line look like then? So you're bumping—then uh, you'd be moving Hayes from the— Right side to the I left. I mean, Spooner, Bolesky, and Hayes is or working. Actually, keep, right. Uh, I mean, that, that, that? Line, Spooner, Bolesky, and Hayes has been going good. So yeah, for like for for a few games for now. a while. I almost feel like you don't touch that at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, Spooner to his credit, 
Spoon has been pretty good no matter who he's had on his line. I mean, obviously right. having Erickson is going to make Spooner is going to make anybody good. But yeah, they they're they're actually. It's a shame that the deadline's coming now and that they could be subtracting right now because even if even if Vitrano comes up and is great, the sure thing is Erickson right now. That with Erickson in the lineup, Pasternak's playing a lot better. I mean, everyone's right. pointing to how good Pasternak's been of late the last four or five games. Isn't that when Louis was moved back to that line? Right. So, yeah, I look at that. What's bizarre to me, they keep Louis and don't extend him, Pete. Like Most fans seem like upset with that in a bizarre way. Everybody's got their GM caps on and they're talking asset Oh, yeah, yeah, so no, nobody wants that. It, it would be like a sign they're going for it, and it might be a fun playoff it's run. It's because but Bruins fans ah, aren't used to this. They, the, the, the players always either signed or gone by now. The Bruins fans aren't used to this situation. Yeah, this well, is- I mean, the thing about keeping him and – and getting nothing for him if you don't re-sign him is I don't think that anybody believes that this team is a cup contender this year in the sense that right. they can win it this year, which right. is that's where I have the problem. You can be a doubter of the East, but you can't be a believer in this cup run. Okay, uh, we promise Joey Mack and more of your calls next on Sunday Skate. Back here on Sunday Skate, hour two, about a half hour left to go on this classic program, on this banger of an episode. Uh, talking Louis Erickson, talking Dan Hughes, talking Bob McKenzie, talking Betty Boopy Bob McKenzie, Banger McKenzie, talking <laughs> Banger, McKenzie. talking Banger Bob, um, Lady Bobo, talking Bobo. Take it. Talking. I got nothing. Uh, hi, Joey Mac. That didn't work. Joe McDonald, our friend from ESPN, I believe, is on the line with us now. Joe? All right. So when I see Bob McKenzie later on today, boys, I will call him Banger Bob and see what he does. <laughs> yeah. Call him. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I don't think I'd uh, make it out of Toronto if, uh, or even into Toronto if that was the case. But, Call him B to uh, the OB, Mac. He'll know what it means. <laughs> All right. And then he'll say, oh, you, you boys are DJ. I'm like, yeah, yeah, boys are DJ. <laughs> and then that'll end your relationship with Bob McKenzie. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like, much. yeah, like, what's, what's wrong with that guy? And then that, <laughs> yes. Uh, exactly. Where are you right now? You're on your, your, I know you're on assignment. Are you allowed to say? Yeah, well, I am at Logan right now. I am on my way to Toronto uh, for the trade deadline. Uh, ESPN, we normally do uh, do our trade deadline stuff from Bristol, Connecticut. Um, but with the World Cup announcements coming on Wednesday, uh, mostly in Toronto, um, they have all of us going up to uh, TSN. So we are on our way. I am on my way up to Toronto for the deadline. And then on Tuesday, I'm actually driving from Toronto to Buffalo, uh, to cover the first uh, Connor McDavid Jack Eichel matchup of the season. Oh my God! Then, yeah, and it's going to be epic. And then on Wednesday, I will be in Tarrytown, New York, at the Rangers practice facility because that's where Team Sweden is announcing uh, their first 16 spots of the World Cup roster. So I will be there for that. So I'm going to be uh, going to be all over the place in the next couple of days. But uh, it, what a better way to start it off yeah. than you know, a uh, call into the Sunday skit. Yeah, uh, but before I get to, to my first question, uh, so that, that uh, McDavid-Eichel game is Tuesday? 
Tuesday in Buffalo, correct? I think it got bumped off national television, and didn't it? Bruins are playing Tuesday, those sons of guns. Yeah, so, they're playing, they're hosting the Flames. Yep. Dougie so, Hamilton, baby. I know. That's that's a, the, the funny thing. Um, I think that Dougie might think that because of the trade line and everything, everyone's attention will be, like, diverted and that it won't be a big deal when he comes back. Yeah. We're going to be... You know, why even him? bother talking to him, though? I mean, seriously, he's he's going to sit there. He's going to sulk. He's going to say, I'm just happy to be a flame. I'm just happy to be a flame. Right, which he's is such a shame because... Boston. Yeah, which is such a shame because I think that if there were, like, only two of us there, that maybe he would say a little something, but I think that he knows that he set off a bit of a firestorm with that whole thing and that the Wolves are going to be out on uh, on Tuesday for, for young Mr. Hamilton. Uh Joe, we've been discussing uh, Mr. Louis Erickson thus far. Well, what's going on with him? Gut feeling, what do you think happens with him? <laughs> well, I know a few weeks ago when, when Kenny was, was on the show with us and we first started discussing Louis Erickson, um, you know, then I thought that it would absolutely they would get a deal done and, and it would be said everything would be over and they can focus on the rest of the season. This is um, not that I've changed my mind over the last few weeks, but I can't remember a case, and I've been covering the Bruins for you know almost 20 years now, and, and I can't remember a time where a GM has been in a situation like this because they're in the playoff structure. You know, if you know 20 games left, by all accounts, they should be a playoff team. But in order to have a nice or enjoy a, a, a possible deep run into the playoffs, you need a guy like Louis Erickson. Um, but if that's the case, if you keep him and you can't come to an agreement on a contract extension, then do you, do you trade him now to try to get something? You know, but if you trade him, then you're not a better team uh, for this season. Um, could they be a better team depending on what they get in the future? Obviously, yes. But, you know, I'm glad I'm not Don Sweeney and Cam Neely at this point because this is a tough situation to be in. Um, to answer your question, DJ, I don't honestly. Normally, I can I can go in one way or the other and, and make a decision, but I, I, at this point, I really don't know. So I'm the um, same way. I I was I was out yesterday uh, with with Butch and Tomasi because I didn't want to say the the thing that gets played back that's totally wrong. But with the the lack of it seems progress that's been made, or even the lack of communication, they keep saying that. They're having ongoing discussions. There's an open dialogue, but they're still not close. To me, that says that they're not actually sitting down and hammering this this thing out. I mean, I joked on WBA.com that, like, J.P. Barry and Don Sweeney need a, a Skype sesh, and they need, like, a <laughs> seriously, to just, like, sit down and whether it's face-to-face, uh, whether it's over the phone, the computer, whatever, really try to go about hammering this thing out because – I don't think I think look what the Bruins did with Dougie Hamilton. They were so afraid of an offer sheet that they potentially might not want to match that they traded a guy for cents on the dollar. Do you think that they will re- that they would really want to take Erickson unsigned past this deadline when well, the- that opens up the door for 29 teams to to come in? I don't think so. I think that if the Bruins really wanted to sign him, they'd be busting their asses right now. You know, I, and I think that they are to to some extent, DJ. I mean, I don't think that 
this is a situation where Don Sweeney's like, ah, all right, I throw an offer out there, and then we're just going to sit back and wait. I'm, I'm sure that both sides have been trying to hammer this out um, because obviously the, the Bruins would like to sign them, but they want a deal that's going to work in their favor. And J.P. Barry and Louis Erickson, they're not going to sit there and be like, okay, three years? Sure. It's not going to – Awesome. Are you sure that that's not too much? Because we'll do Absolutely. two. Absolutely. Oh, come on. Yeah, it's – believe me. They're, they're trying to work out a deal for both sides. But don't be surprised also if, you know, J.P. is, is fielding calls and, and putting the feelers out with other teams. I mean, I know that's kind of – you know, not Frowned the right upon. Thing to do, but you know, yeah. But I, I'm sure that you know JP has a, a list of teams that Louis would want to sign with. And well, I mean, J- JP has the, his his list of 14 teams to which Erickson would approve a trade. So he's a, he at least has like the uh the the basic parameters to exactly. uh, of which to to think in that situation. Exactly. But the other thing too is that you have to. This is what it comes down to, and it all goes back to what we've talked about after the Bruins made all those offseason changes. They fired Peter Shirelli. Don Sweeney gets the job. You know, we all know that, you know, that Cam has his hands on it more than he, has, than he had it in the past. Um, so it comes down to is, is Louis Erickson a Cam Neely kind of guy? And if he is, if Cam believes in Louis Erickson and believes that he's the type of player that he wants in this system, then they're going to give him the money that, that – he wants, but my my question is: Is he a Cam Neely? Kind I think of we guy? all know the answer to that, right? Okay, right. Okay, so the answer is no. He's probably not a Cam Neely type of guy. So they're not going to give him term. They're not going to give him a huge contract. That's not that's not the remote in this situation. If they could get Louis Erickson maybe on a four year deal, and maybe at five to six, you know, five and a half to six then, yeah, they'll do that. But Louis Erickson is not going to do that. That's... Louis Erickson wants a big-time contract. He wants security, and that's what he's going to get, whether it's here in Boston or elsewhere. Well, that's the thing. I don't begrudge Sweeney and Neely for not wanting to go to five years, for not wanting to to go big money on this guy, because I'm sure that they think, yeah, he will get this money, but is a rebuilding team the one that gives it to him? And... and, and, and... That's not the case. It, it, I don't think it is. And, again, it comes down to how far Neely wants to push it. And I don't think he wants to push it with Louis Erickson. Um, will he want to push it with a guy like Brad Marchand? Sure, because he's that type of player. But I said it a few weeks ago, and I still believe it, is I, I can't see – Brad Marchand is going to get a ton of money, and he's going to get as much as he can. And who knows if the Bruins will go that far. Um, but There it is. But, but with Louis and I can see Pete rolling his eyes right now. You know, <laughs> wow! You no, know. Pete, Pete's smiling. <laughs> Package Marshand and Larrickson in a trade right now. Yes. <laughs> do you want to have awesome left wings? One move can do this. And Kenny, how dare you suggest that I would say that Patrice Bergeron would get traded? You're out of your mind. Well, you, uh, you were crescendoing to something blockbuster today. That's all I, <laughs> all I expected. Well, my Not question to you, my question to you, Joey, would be: When you say Cam Neely type of guys are Pasternak, Vitrano, Griffith, and Sinitian, that's Cam the, that's Neely the type thing. of guys. That's either. a question. Like, because you know they're like, going to say, "Oh, Sinitian's soft." Like a K 
Cam Neely kind of guy. Like, like if Louis Erickson's not that kind of guy, er, Louis Erickson's a really good player. Right. So, you, he, like, he should be no. your kind of guy. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like, if if, and I agree that with uh, Joe for thinking that maybe Erickson wouldn't be a Cam kind of guy. That's not a that's not a good look for Cam. Then Erickson is a great defensive player. Drives possession well. He does everything like a first liner except for score goals, which he still scores goals pretty well. I mean, this season he might hit 30. Do you expect 30 goals from him every year? No, like, but What's you expect... keeping him from being a Cam Neely kind of guy? Like, is it just because he doesn't Grit. punch people in the face? But here's the thing. Well, His is, stick is, is better than anyone else's body. This is the way you have to look at it. Louis Erickson is a world-class player. I'm not saying he's not. He's a phenomenal player. And if I was a GM, I would try to sign him, obviously, to my team. But can you have a team in today's landscape, can you have a, a team full of that Cam Neely type of player that we're talking about? No, you can't. Oh, what a but, bunch of stiffs that would be. No, not not saying that, that like power forwards aren't great and certainly not saying players like this, Cam this aren't re- great. There's a, reason, there's a reason why they went out and they got Bleski. Okay, there was a reason why they went out and they got Ronaldo. Yeah, you okay. can have two of those guys. Right, You can exactly. have so, two to five of those saying. guys. So, 23 is too many. No, David Poshnok obviously is not that type of guy. But right now, he's really he's really inexpensive. And at some point, they're going to have to pay him. Okay. After next year, gonna, J.P. Barry, what up? But they're not going to give him, especially at this stage of his career, they're not going to give him a major contract. They're going to give up the kind of contracts that the Boston Bruins have been known for under this new regime, if that's what you want to call it. But if they're going to give a player a big-time contract – Okay, he has to be what Cam wants him to be. And is Louie that type of player over the long haul of a career, uh, of a contract? I don't think so. I'm just saying that's just my opinion as far as maybe this is the way that Cam Neely is looking at it uh, and Don Sweeney is looking at it. But if you can get a, a player like that on a three- or four-year deal, absolutely sign him. But Louie Erickson is not going to go for a three- or four-year deal. Louie Erickson is probably looking for at least five, and he's looking for term, and he's looking for a big-time payday. And yeah. that's what he's going to get. He's not going to get it with the Browns. I think that uh, the money is it's significant. If you're paying a guy five and a half to six million dollars, that's significant. But I just think it's you're not spending so so much that you're dramatically uh, robbing yourself of doing something else down the road. Like we we said earlier in the show, for people who may have not heard the beginning of the show. You can afford to sign Erickson. You can afford to give him this money and keep Marshand and keep Krug. You would just be closer to the cap than you would be otherwise. And then, and then, what else do you do? Well, that's okay, the, you that, have these two guys, but that's the thing. What else do you do from there? Right, and that's the, that's the discussion. It becomes the free agent defensemen, as Pete said earlier, aren't good. You're going to need to go and trade for somebody. So, are the chips that you have right now the second round picks, or the I'm sorry, the first round picks? Um, knowing that you could trade your second rounder this year or next year because you have a second rounder from the Oilers next year, things like that. You have those pieces. You have some young players. Are those enough to move? I mean, I mentioned Alexander Kokolchev, very expendable piece. Sean Corrali is an expendable piece because he's going to have to sign after this season, right? And is he going to want to come into a situation where the Bruins are already loaded at center, or would he want to maybe go the the Blake Wheeler route and not sign and go somewhere else. I don't think anyone would be surprised if something like that happened. 
Um, so they've got some pieces, some potentially movable pieces. Matt Grizzlick, are you going to have two Tory Krugs on your team? Like you, you have pieces that if you want to, you could move, but you'd also have a lot more space uh, if you moved Erickson. Well, absolutely, you would. But here's the thing: if you're gonna if you're gonna move Erickson right now, and we talked about it last week, I wrote about it this week, is that you need it has to be a, a hockey trade. You can't, in my opinion, you can't trade him for future assets. No more you futures. Say, All right. You can't. I mean, just no. If you're going to move a guy like him, you need, especially right now, given the situation that the Bruins are in. Okay, they're in the playoff structure. They should be a playoff team. If you're going to move Erickson, you need a player in return that can help this team right now and in the playoffs. Are you including like draft picks for future trade pieces in that? No, no, you can't. As far as what do you mean, Pete? It's like, like would you Louis in a pick for a? A young player is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying like, would you would you keep trading Louis for draft picks off the table, even if you plan on using those draft picks in the off season to go no, get no, a defenseman? No, no, not if you're going to move him right now. If you're going to move him right now, and and you plan on, did they plan on winning this year? Probably not. I mean, they probably not. Probably they. But you know they, you know they have. I don't want to say pressure, but they have strong motivation to get to the playoffs this year. Absolutely. But I think now, that they can get to the playoffs without Louis Erickson. But it's not a certainty. They've, they're playing a lot of good teams down the stretch, and when you, suddenly you throw your second line way out of whack, eh, I don't know. If, you, if they lose Louis Erickson right now, okay, and they don't get a player in return that can help this team right now that David Krejci is, is comfortable playing with, and we've seen this. David Krejci can, you know, he can dial it down when he wants to. He can get and, pretty unhappy. <laughs> and that could be the case because it's be like, okay, well, first you trade Luch. Okay, I get that. You know, it's a business deal. We, you know, you weren't going to be able to sign him anyway. Okay, now at the trade deadline when we're in the playoff picture and I've tried to stay as healthy as I can this year and now you're going to move Louis Erickson for future draft picks to maybe turn those around in the summer to get a big-time player, I don't think so. I think if they make a deal, it has to be a pure hockey trade. They need to get someone in return that can help this team down the stretch and into the playoffs. That you can't just say, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna move uh, Erickson and and uh, you know first round to to get more picks, you know, to see what if we can turn that around in June, you know, prior to the uh, the draft. No, I, I I don't think so. I I don't see that happening. You're in the playoffs right now. This team has proven that if it gets in, who knows what can happen. I mean, every team in the league has proven that. So that, that's what you do. That's the only way, in my opinion, you trade Louis Erickson, is if you can get someone significant in return that can help this team now and in the future. And then you deal, if it's a, a pending UFA after next season, then you deal with it then. And you see where, where you are with Martian if, if they're able to sign him or whatever. But as of right now, just my opinion, that's what you have to deal with when it comes to Louis Aarons. Mm. Still would not rule out them uh, potentially just keeping him past the deadline, although I don't think it's likely. Uh, Joe McDonald, he's the the best in the biz. Enjoy Toronto. Uh, give uh, give Bob McKenzie, give Pierre, give everyone uh, my love. <laughs> Will do. All right, thanks, thanks Joey Mack. See you, Joe. See ya. Oh, did I do the thing again where I turn off my mic instead of dropping the caller? There it is. I think people Bobby enjoyed Mack it. Would not have done Classic host. People enjoyed Radio it. Radio 101. Deej, what a host. All right. Uh, the show's better when your mic's on mute. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
Um, all right, we'll finish up with you guys next Sunday skate, WEEI, lots more good stuff. Big trade news. You're God. a horrible person. What's that? You're a horrible person. Yeah. But I, you know what? Actually, as we do joke about that. Somebody, on the, uh, going on right now. somebody on the text line wants to know if there's a limit to how many first-round picks a team can have in one year. Yes, 30. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the, the Maple Leafs are going for that. Right. Maple Leafs. Man, what a wasteland that's going to be. They do have two firsts this year. They had three last year. There'd be five at least in a two-year span. You trade Louie, maybe it's six in two years. That, w- that might set a record. I think they have the like 12 millennium. picks this year or something like that. Who, a couple the seconds. They, they might get one back from the Shirelli departure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the Bruins, yeah, they've got – they don't have a, sev- a third next year. I can tell you that. Well, that's tragic. Yes. Tough they, schedule coming up, though, just as you mentioned. 11 of the next 13 playoff opponents – Eight games in 14 days starts tonight, and a bunch at home, but that might not be a good thing with the way this team has played. Six of the next eight at home, then eight of nine on the road. So If they trade finish. Erickson and then fall out of it, will they be able to play the card of, oh, we were prescient. We knew that this that the yeah. bottom was going to fall out and act like they didn't just get way worse because they traded Erickson. Because I feel good like question, if yeah. the Bruins trade Erickson and fall out of it um, – I can think of a certain show that isn't on this station that's going to say, oh, they wouldn't have been winning these games. You, you're telling me if they had Louis Erickson, they would have been winning these games? Please. He's not a difference maker, which, dumb. Well, they beat Florida Listen twice to with him. So, you know, they've got two more with Florida. Like, you look at their record. They have competed against the East with Louis. So, I think that's your evidence that they can and, and probably would. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even with Erickson, the, this stretch run – isn't going to be easy, but I just think that if you have Erickson, it's a sure thing you make the playoffs. How far you go, again, I'm still not – are you particularly scared of the Panthers even after these moves? No. If, if, they'd, if they'd really beefed up on D, then I'd be a little more scared of them. I think that Hoodler's a good addition. Uh, is he the same guy that he was in recent seasons? No. Maybe he kind of finds some sort of spark down the stretch, but uh, Purcell's a nice player. I'm, I'm not – I'm just not awfully scared of the the Panthers, much like I'm not scared of really any team in the East other than Washington. And you're not going to have to worry about Washington for at least two rounds. Well, unless you drop to the eight seed, which could happen. Which if you keep Erickson, so, so that might happen if you get rid of Erickson. Right. You might end up just getting in on the eighth seed and getting blown out. And then how much does that really help guys like Spooner, guys like Vetrano, in getting them their first taste of playoff action, because do you really want yeah, I agree. it to be like you don't want it to be a bludgeoning? Yeah, like Your it's, confidence is it's destroyed. L- like, how do the stars feel about like the Celtics and the Cavs last year? Did yeah, that, did that help? Like, I don't that, know. How much just, does four games really do for you? Right, exactly. <laughs> if it's going to be exactly four games, how much does that does that really help you? I don't think it makes a ton of difference. Now, if you keep Erickson and you get Spooner. A, playoff series or two then maybe that that helps further develop the player right. that helps further de- develop uh morrow or colin miller or whoever happens to be in the lineup on the back end but uh yeah it should be an interesting uh day and a half now i guess the traded line is 
3 o'clock tomorrow. You can uh, read Ken and myself on WEI.com. You can follow Pete on Twitter and read him on uprocks.com. And we'll be... We'll have all the updates. We'll continue uh, checking in uh, as we hear things on the negotiations with Louis Erickson. Uh, until then, I'm DJ Bean. That's Ken Laird, Pete Blackburn, Matt Loper. Uh, Butch and Bradford are up next. Stay tuned for them on WEEI. One day is fine and next is black. So if you want me off your back, well, come on and let me know. Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? If I go there will be trouble And if I stay it will be double Oh, I mean, I hear these things. Maybe it's uh, the house I live in.